creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus... You get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Friday, February 30th? No, Friday, March 1st. March 1st. (laughs) There's no February. It is leap year. Today is 29th when we're recording this. Yeah, I don't think you ever get to February 30th. I don't think that exists in the human mind. Maybe in my mind. But uh, today is Friday. Uh, Maybe for some people, they identify with that. Could be. But today, we're going to bring you This Week in Bachelor Nation. And a lot of shit was popping off this week in Bachelor Nation. We got Grazi continuing his march to ratings dominance. We got uh, Love is Blind Season 6, the most viewed season in the history of the television program. And we've got a new Traders coming out we record this episode on thursday it comes out on friday by the time this comes out i will have watched and uploaded into our patreon my coverage of the next episode of traitors which i think is the season finale by the time this airs i will have watched it really i've been watching all of i mean watched your corners i'm waiting for the corners but i'm watching all your traitors and lovers blind corners Great work. So funny. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been tuning into the the Palapa. I got to say, Vanderpump for me, I like it. Don't get me wrong. And we'll have some news about a Vanderpump spinoff coming up in Bachelor Nation News this very day. But um, there's something about it that is like the housewives and the Vanderpumps, the kind of like, it's a bunch of people doing whatever they're doing in the Kardashian style, you know, of like, yes, they're manufacturing little events. What about 90 Day Fiance? Oh, 90 Day is... um. 90 Day is more like Bachelor. It's more. It's actually more like Love is Blind. It's like, it's all Love is Blind after the mm-hmm. um, acceptance of a proposal, basically. And then it's like, how do you keep your story interesting? And mm-hmm. you watch people like Jasmine and Gino on that show. In my opinion, Jasmine is like a reality TV savant. Just brilliant. Manufacturing drama that doesn't exist. Literally making up lies and breaking down in tears and shit just to have something for the cameras. She's mm-hmm. a genius. Well... I can't believe you would say this, especially after watching Phaedra on Traders. And how can you not be like, I want more of her? But I like them. I'm not saying they're not entertaining. They are. But the game that they play is easier. But they're all competing against each other. I think that's how you have to see the game. The game in Vanderpump is the same. They are trying to win the narrative, be the hero's narrative, get the most followers. They Every single person has a podcast now, so they want the biggest podcast. The game is bigger than the game. I feel that that's an easier game because of the nature of the third audience in those shows. The third audience in those shows is just like whoever's making the most noise, cameras on them. They don't like they don't manipulate the construct of the game as much as they do in like a Love is Blind or a, a Bachelor or Traitors even for that matter. I would say they manipulate the edit in the same way. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. If anything, I think the Vanderpump editors should win whatever mm. the biggest prize is for that because Interesting. they will bring back <laughs> just incredible flashbacks. There was one mm. episode where Jax is like 
drowning and he basically says his life flashed before his eyes and then they just do this montage of like horrible Jack scenes. <laughs> it's incredible. So I yeah. loved it. No, it's fantastic. And the work that you're doing in the Palapa is amazing. Um, but all that's there for you. And of course, we have some merch. We've got beanies and we've got shirts right now at gameofroses.co that you can get to celebrate 2020 gore. I mean, Jesus, we're ending the second month of this year. And already, as I said, all of these things are exploding. We've got the best Bachelor that we've seen in mm -hmm. years. We've got the best Love is Blind that we've seen in the entire series history. Maybe not the best, but at least the most watched. We've got traders popping off. Social media gains we haven't seen since Pilot Pete. Social media gains. 2020 gore continues to deliver. And now you can celebrate it in a beautiful shirt or a beautiful beanie. And I'm just going to throw this out here. Uh, I bought some merch this week from one Peter Weber. That's correct. Uh, this isn't your scream? No. So, how dare you? This is not a scream. <laughs> okay. This was a pleasure. I felt oh, no okay. shame gotcha. in making this purchase. Uh, Peter Weber put out on his Instagram stories this week that he has made some t-shirts with a friend. They are all AI generated images of people in cloaks in front of a castle. And they say Peter's pals, which is what mm. his, his group and traders came to be known as. And I purchased one of these. You can find, I'm sure, the link Cute. on any of his social media. And uh, I will be donning it as soon as I get it. Next children's book. Yeah. Peter's pals. Possibly. But check all that stuff out. We thank you for joining us. And now let's jump in, Pace Case, to Game, Game of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. All right, we're in a very interesting era of reality television, as they call it. Mm -hmm. I believe we are seeing something happening, um, at least for me, that has been kind of eye-opening. Everything's happening now. But we look at shows like Bachelor, we look at shows like Love is Blind, and we think to ourselves, you know, what does it mean to be successful in these franchises? One of the ways is to win the ring. That's kind of a tried and true one. And that is considered uh -huh. by many, I think, uh, laymen in the fourth audience to be, in quotes, winning the show. Yes. But I think we're now in this era where that's not exactly true. And obviously, we always talk about there's crown and the ring. You can win either of those. But there's a third thing that's kind of starting to emerge in this third wave reality TV era, which is you may win neither of those things, but you still are the biggest star of the season. And that really is the prize. Who's the biggest reality star in this show? And so with shows like Love is Blind, like Bachelor, I would even argue Vanderpumper or any of the shows that are new when they first come out, you're not a reality star when you go into these shows. That is your mm -hmm. rookie season in reality TV, and you have to show the fourth audience why you're a reality star. That can be by winning the ring. It can be by uh, winning the crown, but you can also just be the biggest, loudest, brightest, shiniest person on the show. And we're seeing that in real time with Jess Vestal on Love is Blind season six. She did not even get proposed to, let alone go all the way to the altar or even to the week where all the, the uh, people meet up and see each other for the first time. Yet she is crushing everyone on social media. She's over 450,000. That is astonishing. Because she's a reality star. I, I mean... I'm up to your corners as of last night yeah. before the drop, so I'm not sure exactly what happens, but I'm like, she doesn't come back into the game, does she? I mean, she she must at the meetup. I don't want to spoil anything for you, so I'll say nothing. Um, 
But, you know, the people who are like part of love triangles in the early season that then get rejected, they do come back in at least one or two episodes where they have to get them all back together or, you know, somebody gets dumped and they try to notch down or whatever. But she really, to me, is is showing kind of the blueprint of how you can say, walk into a game like this and be like, I'm not even close to, in quotes, winning the game, but she is the biggest reality star in that season. Therefore, she gets the most social media engagement following and is going to be able to turn it into a career. And she's rumored now, I believe, to be on Perfect Match Season 2, where that will only continue. Let's go. Have we had a package deal on Perfect Match? I feel like there wasn't. I don't know. I don't remember who all was on season one, but possibly. Francesca et al. Yeah. And and this is like, I think the the most kind of telling evidence of it is that Jess Vestal has 450K followers. Then you look at arguably like the, the strongest couple of this season of Love is Blind is Johnny and Amy. They seemingly have no problems. They are making it through every episode, loving one another. They're getting the blessings and the glows. Johnny has 60.1K Instagram followers, and Amy has 78.4. They're not even coming close yet to 100,000 followers. Jess Vestal, who has had half as much screen time as them, maybe, 450K, reality star. And is presumably a quote-unquote loser in terms of the show. Like She's not in a successful couple that's still together. I totally agreed with you watching Johnny and Amy. I was like, they need to come up. Like you're not on camera all the time. You can come up with like little fake fights that you're that are you planned out, but you got to make something happen. In 90 Day, Jasmine, I, this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Which season is brilliant? This? The current one uh, of 90 Day Fiance. But there's a mm-hmm. scene where they're just driving down the road. She reaches under the passenger seat and pulls out eyeliner, and is like, "What the fuck is this? Who's been in this car? You're cheating on me!" Breaks down crying. Then. Uh, Reddit sleuth went back through the show and saw that that exact same eyeliner, she's using it in a prior scene. It's her eyeliner. (laughs) No. She planted it under the seat specifically, or at least that's what is thought of. Oh my God. Johnny and Amy should definitely do that. That's what I'm saying. Like if the cameras aren't on you 24-7, you have plenty of time. Plant a bra. And then he's like, that was a bra for my dog. Yeah. You know, (laughs) something like some innocuous explanation. They they just aren't like interesting in any way. And the idea of like going into one of these shows and being, you know, just a good couple who falls in love and makes it to the end, that can't be it. It can be if you're very good, like um, Tiffany Pennywell and Brett Brown. That was kind of their deal. Mm -hmm. They never really had any obstacles or anything, but it was like, it wasn't boring. They made the pants obstacle. Will he get his pants sewn? Like you can do it and- And his shoes, he bought too many shoes. I mean, they were entertaining in their own way and they were STCOs for others as well. I do think there is a way to do for TRR and not get in a serious argument and still do it. But yeah, that is a wild disparity in numbers. Yes, I agree. But also like they're from a slightly prior era where that is what was valued primarily. I think, Mm. as I'm saying, I think we're moving into this new thing where it's like, there's so much reality TV. Give me the stars. Give me the people who are fucking amazing at this. Give me the best of the best, baby. Give me Phaedra. To that end, Bachelor producers, if you're listening, give us Maria. She is the star of season 28. She is your reality star. 
she should be the next bachelorette, in my opinion. That's the era we're in now. You can't be casting people who are like easy to manipulate or they're for TRR, tried and true. That shit's boring. Give us Maria. We do not care. She doesn't need to be manipulated. Correct. She will be fine on her own. Just the format will be fine. Like, I, I imagine that's the worry with her is that they couldn't, like, control her and manipulate her. But I think the worry with her might be that she won't end up with a ring winner. And guess what? That's fine. That's literally what we're saying here. Even the lead of the show. You think she wouldn't end up with a ring winner? Why? Because she's erratic. Her play style is all over the place. She'll quit. Who knows? She can turn on a dime. That thing that we saw her do, the botched make me stay, was to me, like, uh, she don't know what she's doing. She's fine by the seat of her pants second to second. You know what I mean? So who knows what she'd do? A very erratic player. That said, we will all tune in to find out what she'll do. And it doesn't matter if she winds up with no one in the end. Um, in, in complete disaster, it's going to be vastly entertaining for us as the fourth audience to watch. Maybe much more so than somebody who's kind of straight down the middle and is like, I'm just here to find my guy and all the same old stuff. Like, if you're not here for the right reasons, you need to take a hike. And then there's yeah. one guy that... That's not enough now. I agree. Uh, not in this era, not in my town. Give it to us. Just do it. Yes. Mar Maria is, in my opinion, the only choice off this season for Bachelorette. And I, again, I know she's not the exact mold. Like, why do you think we're getting these Joey ratings? It's Maria. It's not just because of Joey. She's elevating this season. She is the reality star that is pulling this fucking thing up from the bottom. I'm not saying Joey's not good. He is. And all these other players are good, too. But Maria has that reality star thing that I don't think any other player on the season has. Um, and I know that that's not exactly exactly reflective in the social media numbers. I, I believe Daisy is higher than she is, but not by much. Yeah, Daisy would be the standard bachelorette choice for TRR. Absolutely. Chris Mystery Farm. She's the safe choice. Don't you want to see what Maria could do to a, a room full of 30 guys? Like, I'm very curious about that. I want to see Maria burn a Christmas tree farm down. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I do want to see, I, I want to see how she would move through the bachelorette system. Yes. I want to see her laying down the law speech. I want to see her having to meet people's parents in a hometown. Yes. Kicking out, kicking people out, meeting her dad. Oh my God. The shots of her dad from the hometown. Like he's going full Adam's family, right? Seems like it. I just think that is, in this era, your only choice. And I would only issue one other example here is Pilot Pete on Traders. Um, like I said, we're recording this Thursday, so I, I have not seen the most recent episode in which we're going to find out Pilot Pete's fate. But um, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if he wins the game or not. He's the biggest star of this season. The whole show is revolving around him. So even mm -hmm. if he gets kicked out in this phase of the game, he will be remembered, I think, as... The season will be known for him. Yes, yeah. exactly. And therefore, he's going to be invited back to Traders All-Stars when they do that. He's going to be on any of these other shows that he wants to be. And mm -hmm. he has established himself as a bona fide reality star. Peter's Pals. Yeah, Peter's Pals will be its own show. Everyone will have to wear the shirt that I bought. I'm going to make my own fanfic of it. Popeye's Pals. Ooh, nice. I, I simply think, again, if any producers are listening, please consider Maria as the best choice for Bachelorette because that is simply the truth in this era of reality TV that we're in. If your show is not just firing on all cylinders, people aren't going to give a shit about it. And I think the reason that, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. You got one shot. Don't miss your chance. Is that Eminem? Are you? <laughs> to blow? Yeah. 
Yeah, you're quoting Eminem now. 2020 gore indeed. Um, I think that you you really do have to like bring the the level of entertainment up, and you're doing it very well this season in in 28 through a variety of methods. A lot of it is about presentation, what you're choosing to include in the edit, how you're shooting some of the stuff. Like all of that is at least by us very actively noticed and appreciated. But you got to keep the trajectory going. And you have to get your biggest reality star as the lead of your next season, unless you get a celebrity. Mm-hmm. If you get a celebrity from outside the game to be a lead, I think that's also a good idea. But you've got Maria here now. I know she would be down to do it. You don't have to pay her as much as a celebrity. Exactly. And she's going to deliver you a season of ratings is the most important thing. Wait, Clues, how do we know she's not the ring winner? <laughs> I mean, we don't technically, I guess, but come on. Yeah. Uh, it was a joke I'm not spoiled but I don't think she's the ring winner (laughs) next Monday night I think we're going to see her ex no you know what she might make it to fantasy suites I would go that far she has a strong chemistry game does seem to be an Adam's family hometown so I don't know yeah we'll see we will see but that's our state of the game Uh, we are in I think the best era of reality TV that's ever existed we are seeing these massive stars popping out of all these shows and then aggregating up to uh, third wave reality shows like Traders and House of Villains and stuff. It's just a very fun time to be a reality fan right now with all that's going on and all these big franchises turning in really their best seasons that we've seen in a very long time. And I simply hope that the Bachelor producers keep doing what they're doing and really lean heavily into the Marias and anybody else who pops out of her season that could potentially be your next Bachelor, unless you want it to be Blake Moynes, who I still think is a great choice. Go check out b- at Bachelor Clues on Instagram if you want some visualizations of Clues' beautiful <laughs> <Yeah>. mind. <laughs> That's right. I'm making like, <laughs> I'm making AI representations of the Bachelor universe as I see it. That's manifesting. It's That's basically a vision board. Uh, you know, it's... It ain't nothing. But yes, that's where we stand. That is the state of the game. Now it's time to move on into our program uh, to that part where we talk about all of those. This week in games. Grazie has done it again. This Monday's final game of the regular season has hit a new all-time high for this season with a .62 in the 18 to 49-year-old demo and 3.5 million raw viewers. Both numbers highest yet generated for any episode this season, and they were enough to absolutely obliterate the competition across all networks. NBC's season debut of The Voice limped into second place with a .49. A new episode of The Neighborhood on CBS kept its head above water with a .38, and a brand new episode of America's Most Wanted on Fox barely kept the lights on with a .19. Oh, boy. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's not even CW. A network primetime show 0.19 0.19 i don't get it i mean isn't that in the margin of error at that point (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was just one guy at fox turns on the tv and lets it run on fox yeah i mean yeah grandma you gotta put it on (laughs) god just abysmal just abysmal we're in a very weird moment right now in, in network television getting weirder by the second like by next year that episode of America's Most Wanted is going to be registering a 0.09. Yes. And then the year after that, it's going to be a 0.00. And it's like, what's going well, yeah, on why? here? Who's, who's feeding that with ad money? Who's buying programming during that show? There's obviously some sort of corruption, collusion going on. Wait a minute. In the entertainment industry? The math doesn't make sense. No way. Follow the money. It's all payola. 
give me an Oscar for my follow the money performance. Anyway, um, now for those crown gains. Joey, grazie day. Oh, gained 46K for a total of 501K Instagram followers. Let's go. He gained 10K on TikTok, total 79.1K. You think he's going to hit a million? We got three episodes left and they're the biggest episodes. He's halfway there. He's getting 46K. You assume that over, what, four more episodes, three more episodes? It's 150K. Mm -hmm. Plus maybe a 200K bounce for the finale. I would say 350. I would say 850 is my guess. Then he goes on Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars, 950. Then he winds up in Traders. I think they'll put Joey on Traders. Do you want to see a Grazi gaze sitting across a round table from a housewife or whoever? Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you certainly do. Yes, I do. It'll be him instead of the, the congressman guy as just like, well, he's the old yeah. faithfulest faithful of them all because they're not going to make him the traitor. Pilot Pete laid the blueprint. I haven't seen season one. I'm going to watch that immediately after season two concludes in Clues Corner. But what Pilot P has done in season two, at least just having seen that only, he has presented the idea that these other players from these other franchises do not respect The Bachelor and that that is a big fucking mistake. He has presented the idea that Bachelor players are way smarter, way savvier than anybody thought, including like legends from Big Brother and shit like that. And so now they're going to have a Bachelor player in every fucking season. He cemented that, in my opinion. They must now have that because that's a part of the narrative of every season. Are these Bachelor players as good as Big Brother players, as good as Survivor players, as good as Housewives? Because Pilot Pete was. He fucking wrecked Dan. What they call them? The relationship shows, them and Love Island. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love Island didn't do too well. Didn't do too hot this no. season. <laughs> Poor Bogey. <laughs> And Ekin Sue. <laughs> Poor Ekin Sue. In the, in the box. Robbed. They put her in a fucking coffin. She just gets killed by accident. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, top five Instagram gains for our players this season. Top spot, Maria Gorgas gained 80K for a total of 405K. Holy moly. That's a big gain. Daisy Kent gained 57K, now sitting at 438K. Third place, Kelsey Anderson gained 48.4K for a total of 87.3K. Jen Tran gained 17.3K for a total of 68.6K. And rounding out that top five, Lexi Young gained 9.9K. Nice post-swan song exit bump for a total of 57.6K. And the top five overall Instagram chart lays like this. Daisy Kent's on top with 438K. Friend of Vin Diesel, Maria Gorgas, in second with 405K. Kelsey Anderson, the voodoo queen of New Orleans, is in third place at 87.3K. Jen Tran, whose name was written in the drone stars, is in fourth with 68.6K. And self-eliminator Lexi Young is at 57.6K. The drop-off between second and third place is extreme. Yeah. It's over 300,000 Instagram followers. That part, like... I know we're talking about the resurgence of social media followings mm -hmm. and all of this stuff, but it still isn't full, Everyone. you know? Yeah. Like in a, in a pilot Pete season, everybody who was in the final four was in the multiple hundreds of thousands. You have yeah. the third place uh, player here this season, not even cracking 100K yet. I don't know what that's about exactly. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe, I mean, she, Kelsey still has a chance. 
Jen and Lexi are out of this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not, we're only seeing those numbers in the top two players. I don't know. Arguably. I don't think Maria is a top two player. I think she's going out in third or fourth place. No, I mean, like, in terms of like MVPs of the season. Oh, right, right. Well, that's definitely Maria. But I mean, this is to our point earlier that Maria is the the reality star of the Mm -hmm. season and she proves it here in the social media numbers. She's getting as much as who I believe is the odds on favorite ring winner in Daisy Kent. We see a similar trend in the top five TikTok chart. Number one, Daisy Kent, 247.7K. Second place, Maria Gorgas, 234.7K. Big drop off to third, Kira Brush, Brush, 120K. And she had that coming in too, right? I think so. Basically. Yeah, now we're down into these like night one players and stuff. I think these three through five brought them in. Star Skyler at 77K is in fourth place. Edwina Dorbers in fifth with 62.5K. It's very interesting. I I don't know what to make of that exactly. That like two players out of the season are really Mm -hmm. just skyrocketing. And everybody else is is still kind of floundering. Like if it wasn't for Daisy and Maria, if they had similar numbers to like Kelsey Anderson, we'd be singing the same tune we did last year that it's dead. Like yeah. you can't get social media out of this anymore. But those two are seemingly proving that wrong. It's possible. But not everybody's getting it. Not, you know, nobody else is getting a taste of it. You know, they probably are. Maria's certainly getting more screen time than a lot of other players, but I don't think it's really linked to that because like Kelsey Anderson's gotten a bunch of screen time. Yeah. And I think in my opinion, Daisy and Kelsey A are the favorites for ring. They would be my guess. And then so one of them will probably be favorite for Bachelorette. And in that case, Maria is left out in the cold. Again, I just gotta make the plea. Maria should be your next Bachelorette, period. That season would be enthralling. Everyone would watch that. I think it's so hard to argue against that. I do too, but they would do it. She doesn't fit a bachelorette mold. She's too erratic. Her play style is too erratic. Yeah, unless it's unless it's Daisy, you know, like. But even Daisy is like, I get that she has a little more Instagram followers and stuff, but that's such a safe, like down the middle choice that I under, I see exactly what that whole mm-hmm. season of bachelorette would be. And there's probably not going to be a surprise in it. Maria. I think they would lose the momentum that they've gotten. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I think that brings it to a halt. And it's like, okay, Joey's season was good, but this looks boring as shit. Yeah, it's just a blip. Maria as Bachelorette, like, I don't even know what's going to happen on night one. I literally don't know what to expect from that season. And therefore, I will watch it all, pal. You know what I'm saying? But let's move on, shall we? Can we talk about Dune? (sighs) Sure. I'm going to see it. Sorry. Opening night, me too. Nice. I'm probably not the same theater. Father, the sleeper has awakened. I can't wait for the weirding way. That was my favorite book series as a child. Absolutely loved it. Loved the David Lynch movie, even though it was uh, panned universally. Loved the sci-fi remakes of it. Um, Yeah, I really love it. I just watched the first one again last night. Excellent. A little long, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, visually stunning. Disagree. Two hours and 36 minutes is what I need. And I think the second one is the same leg. Roughly, yeah. How about this, though? Let me throw this on you. Timothy Chalamet is or is not someone who looks like he could kick ass. I mean, he's got like superpowers, right? You don't like the casting of Timothy Chalamet? I do not. I do not think he should be Paul Atreides. Interesting. I love it. I think it's sexy. He's very frail in my opinion and paul atreides was like a badass 
I think he does it. I think he pulls it off as like a mm. moody teenager. All right. But it's well, agree to disagree. I look you know, he's not he's not who you pictured. That's fine. I picture like John Cena. I think someone like Timothy Chalamet can be a badass. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I just he just doesn't look right when he's doing like physical shit to me. It doesn't look like he knows how to like use a knife or throw a punch or a kick in my opinion. That's hmm. just me. It's a small complaint. I liked the fight the first fight sequence with him and Gurney. They seemed matched. Interesting. But whatever. I mean, it's like sci like they're using sci-fi shields and stuff like they mm. don't need to have the same your ideal body type. I think this is I think it's bad that you're not open minded enough to think that like a slender man can be a good fighter. I'm not talking about body type. I'm not even. No, I'm, I'm not talking about his body type at all. I'm talking about how he moves. It doesn't look like he knows what he's doing in terms of like throwing punches or kicks or using a knife. But he doesn't need to because he can see everything. I'm watching a movie. That's all I'm saying. And I'm looking at a guy on screen who doesn't look like he knows how to use the knife he's holding. That's all. You remind me of when I saw There Will Be Blood and this guy stood up in the middle and said, there's no blood in this movie and he left. There's a lot of blood in that movie. <laughs> he, he should have stayed till the end. You get your blood. Yeah, he didn't stay that long. <laughs> um, anyways, sorry, sorry for this digression into sorry, Dune. I'm really excited for the movie. As am I. I think it's going to be a massive juggernaut. And this was a, it was a movie that for many years people said couldn't be made properly because David Lynch did it and it tanked. And Yodawarski was trying to do it before that and it never came to fruition. And now uh, Villeneuve has done it. Yeah, you certainly need a lot of money, I think, to make it look good. But For now. For, for now. <laughs> In about a year, we'll all be able to make that movie on our laptops. You're so consistent with your brand. My brand. My brand is living on whatever we call this. Planet Earth, reality, whatever you call it. I'm in it with everybody else. We're all in this thing. I'm simply saying that's what's happening. I can see the future a little bit. You got to trust me by now on that, right? Look, I think you've had some good predictions, some of them. That I have pretty good predictive powers. Some of them you have been bad at. Such as Blake Moyne's Bachelor? That's coming. That's coming. I rest my case, Your Honor. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, things that are not predictions, things that are cold, hard facts. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. 
clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims this is bachelor nation news up first in bachelor nation news some light is finally being shed on one of the most controversial moments from zach shawcross's season 27 second place finisher gabby l nicky took to instagram for a contract violation describing the events surrounding the rumors about her reading our book how to win the bachelor in the mansion in her post which is an image of her right eye looking up into the left with the rest of her face obscured by text she wrote yes you can be- bring books I now laugh at the fact that there was a rumor that I brought the book How to Win the Bachelor and was caught reading it. I didn't for the record, but another girl did find the book in the closet. We thought it was funny someone would bring that and then handed it over to a producer. But I remember being so upset that someone started that rumor about me because I knew how untrue it was. Maybe it was a setup. Maybe it wasn't. 
but it was the one time the cameras weren't rolling and I wish they were so people wouldn't have been able to spread those lies. And if you were the girl on my season who brought the book, can you please come forward? Thanks. Well, we may never know the actual truth about this event. We appreciate the tea from Gabby on this one. We're getting a clearer picture here of maybe what happened on that fateful night. So she did touch it. My favorite thing about it is the call for the person who brought the book to come forward. And like, why is this happening now? Is her contract up now? I don't know. Also, why is there a need to like defend against it also? You know? Right. I guess it's like a 4TRR play. Maybe. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I think it's saying like a 4TWRI accusation about reading it. Yeah. But thank you, Gabby, for putting this out there. The legend lives on Mm -hmm. and we get little pieces of data here and there. Maybe eventually we will know the real truth of all this, but this is what we got for now. Yeah. Is someone going to come forward? And Katie Thurston commented, it's got to be a producer plant. Lol. Well... I hope we find out more. I mean, shit, maybe. The one time the cameras aren't rolling, too. I'm like, wait, what? They don't just have like security cameras up in the house? Yeah. Also, the one time the cameras aren't rolling. That line caught me as a little strange also. Like, was it at 4 a.m.? They were creeping around the mansion and they they found it. Or I, I don't know. Why weren't the cameras rolling? Was this on night one? I thought the cameras would be rolling all the time. Otherwise, people could collude. I'm seeing this picture of like, Finding the book and the immediate first reaction is to be like, we have to give this to the producers, Mm -hmm. just like a student tattling on the person who like brought candy in the classroom or something, you know, I just don't believe that happened. They didn't open the book at all. They saw a book in the bachelor mansion called how to win the bachelor and didn't look at one page of it, just handed it over to their overlords. Well, was it hardcover or, or paperback paperback? It's almost impossible to not flip through that. Hardcover, I could see. I think it had to have been hardcover because I don't think our mm. paperback was out when they were shooting that season. Mm. Okay, so it's hardcover. God, we gotta talk to Reality Steve. Isn't he the one who who broke this? We gotta get we gotta get some investigation. <laughs> yeah, going I think again. so. I don't remember. It's just I don't know. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. I just can't believe that she or whoever like what did it say? Maybe it was set up. It said I didn't for the record, but another girl did find the book in the closet. Then we thought it was funny. Someone would bring that and then hand it over to a producer. Who's the other girl? And they thought it was funny and handed it over to a producer without reading it, without looking at a single page of it. I mean, you couldn't think it was funny just from the cover, right? I mean, it is funny. Hilarious. It's a hilarious cover with um, the words, how to win the bachelor on it and pictures of roses. Hilarious. Yeah, but the roses have like thorns on them. As roses do. So they're realistic. And there's a subtitle too. Don't forget that. I have already forgotten it. Yeah. What <laughs> you you don't forget it either. <laughs> something about it's something about <laughs> how to find love and fame on reality TV or something like this. There we go. So maybe that's the four T R four T W R part. Finding fame or whatever. Anyway, um, speaking of uh, people putting different, speaking of facts, they're not facts, they're they're fake facts. Voluntary nudity all-star Mari Pepin is in the news this week for an interview she did with The Mirror, in which she fully explained the practice of frankenbiting, saying, quote, frankenbiting is when they take little snippets of audio and they kind of like weave it together to form a sentence. And now to me, it's really obvious. But sometimes they're really good at hiding it. 
So we'll take part of this sentence and part of that sentence and make the person sound like they just put it together. When asked how a member of the fourth audience can recognize this nefarious practice, Pepin essentially described what we call off face by saying, if you don't actually see their mouths moving while they say it, there's a good chance that it's actually Frankenbitten and edited in a certain way. Pepin also issued a contract violation to describe her own experiences with Frankenbiting, saying, quote, I can't recall them off the top of my head now, but I remember watching back and being like, that's not what I said. Or they cut off a part of a sentence to make it sound like it was something else. You definitely pick up on it as a contestant and now watching it as a fan, I am able to pick it up. As AI technology evolves this year, we believe Frankenbiting will become a lost art as it will become infinitely easier to simply type in new dialogue and manipulate the video to make it seamlessly look like players are saying whatever was typed, which will give rise to a brand new year of, uh, I think, highly scripted reality television shows, something we've never really seen before. That's going to be a wild change when they can just make it anything. And it's now. That technology basically exists now. I think it'll take about a year to be Mm -hmm. widely absorbed into reality shows. It's just like going to be a part of any nonlinear editing system. Like if you use Premiere or Final Cut or whatever, that's just going to be a part of that system where you can type new dialogue into a shot and the person will say it. I know that you can already pretty much do that with with uh, videos. You can. There's some technology where you can just type in what you want to have your audio say, as you know. In Love is Blind news, several of the players from current season six of Love is Blind have been forced to deal with parasocial revelations about being in serious long-term relationships when they went on the show. Jeremy Lutinsky is one such player who attempted to set the record straight on TikTok and Instagram this week. He explained that his previous engagement, quote, was not a secret while filming and that he was, quote, not living with anyone when casting reached out to him. He also captioned a video This whole process had not even begun until I was out and on my own. Additionally, yes, my home sold a week or two before filming. Lutinsky also fought back against the fourth audience rancor. He and other castmates have suffered this season on Instagram writing, quote, Okay, got it. Enough. The amount of hate myself and other castmates have received is over the top. We all had the courage to put ourselves in the public eye to watch an experiment unfold. For you, it's entertainment. For us, it was a part of our life at an accelerated pace. Unfortunately for the world, filming eight to 10 hours a day isn't enough. Next time, we'll recommend having cameras attached <laughs> 24-7. Thank you for that, by the way, Jeremy. We'll make sure everyone is perfect at every moment and nothing but blunted, boring moments happen. While everyone is entitled to their opinions, it's fucking wild to make assumptions about everyone without one, knowing us, two, being involved in any way, three, not being a part of the other thousands of hours of footage that's captured. Everyone will get their chance to speak when the time is right. Until then, we all get it. Just a gentle reminder to everyone in the fourth audience, with the level of production, editing, and manipulation that goes into every season of any reality show, we are never seeing the full story and should therefore refrain from personal judgment of any play or any play we see on screen. We should just record me saying that and put that at the beginning of every podcast. Yeah, I know we we talk a lot about it on this podcast, but I do feel like it's important If you are a member of an audience of anything, it is important to respect the thing that you are an audience member of for whatever it is, but also to understand what the thing is you're watching so that you don't have like, uh, you know, maybe overreactions to things you're seeing on it. And it's very, very important to understand that all of these reality shows are fake. Nothing that you're seeing on screen is actually what really happened. It is all edited. 
And while it may be close to what really happened, it may also not be at all. And you have to keep that in mind. When you start feeling yourself getting mad at somebody for something they're doing in one of these shows, just remember they might not have even done the thing you're mad at them for. It's very likely they didn't, at least not exactly in the way you're seeing. Yeah, I know it's like, it can feel a little hopeless to say this into the void of the internet that's just like so toxic just generally. It seems like insurmountable, but I do think there's ways that like a you know small group of people can influence a large group of people to have a more empathetic community fandom but it also if the the audience like the fourth audience as we call it in our program but this is really just the audience of anything when the audience supports the thing that they're an audience of the thing gets better when an audience starts to detract from mm-hmm. that thing the thing gets worse so in my opinion like no matter what players do in the the document, you know, I'm going to fucking love it. If they make an error or whatever, I'll call them out objectively on that. But it's never in a way that I'm like casting judgment because I want that thing to be good. And so I value all the plays, all the players, whatever they have given to whatever game they're in, it builds the legacy of that game. And so it's always valuable. And in my opinion, the net of it is always something good. Love is Blind is having the highest ratings of all time. Like, it's giving the people what they wanted, clearly. Yeah, exactly. Let's raise up our, our reality stars. Let's support mm-hmm. them. Let's not tear them down. Let's thank them for their service, for their sacrifice. Because he's right about this. It is a sacrifice. And I know Seleucian Protocol exists, and I'm a big proponent. I think you could, too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I could in some circumstances, uh, many of which were when I was younger. I don't know that I could do it now. But mm-hmm. I do think that it's important to like recognize that these players are doing something that is a high wire act, especially the good ones like Maria, like Jess Vestal, uh, Jess Vestal in this season. And that deserves some kind of praise and like reverence. If you like these shows, like the people who are in them, that that's it, you know, and realize that like, even if they're doing bad shit in the show, like Tom Sandoval is a good example, right? Horrible piece of shit. Everybody hated him, blah, blah, blah. However, he delivered Vanderpump the biggest didn't you already feel that about all the cast members every season anyway (laughs) (laughs) right well he changed nothing but i'm just saying like no matter how you feel about him what he gave to the franchise is undeniably its biggest moment so for that alone you have to at least thank him you know and that's why rachel should be on this season of vanderpump rules why is she not she better come back anyway yeah Oh, God. Oh, gosh. I just saw the next two words. <laughs> <laughs> All yours. <laughs> Creamy Caesar strategist Ashley Iaconetti and her personal Aladdin, Jared Hyban. Oh, that's respectful. Announced the sex of their second baby together on Amazon Live. <laughs> and the Bachelor Nation couple is gearing up to welcome another boy into their family. The chosen method of the Iaconetti gender reveal was a pair of cupcakes the couple each bit into. Revealing blue goo. The male Aya Kennedy said, the I- oh, you went back. The idea that we're going to have two boys is going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for the times where Dawson has a Little League game at nine, and then the other one, <laughs> they should call him that, has a game at 11. We got to get Dawson to karate while the other one has baseball. I mean, I'm hoping they love sports. The other one? I mean, is that a reference to the other guy? Is that a Vial reference? Definitely an homage. They should call that little boy Nick Vial. Nick Vial Aya Kennedy Highbon. Brady. Or whoever always got second place to Tom Brady. I don't know. Peyton Manning? Eli Manning? 
Congrats go out to the Iaconetis for bringing another Y chromosome into our beloved game. Oh, that's why you were asking, <laughs> how do you make a boy? <laughs> that's why I asked you, what's the chromosome that means the, the male that's how you do chromosome? It. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, and finally, I love how like I ask you all these weird questions when we're writing these episodes, and then they they all fit into place. Da Vinci yeah. Code moment. <laughs> all the puzzles are coming together at once. Our final piece of this Da Vinci Code puzzle is Bachelor season twenty one ninth place finisher Jasmine Good has announced that she's in a brand new Vanderpump spinoff on Bravo called The Valley. The official logline for the show reads, the series follows a group of close friends as they trade bottle service in West Hollywood for baby bottles in the valley, all while they navigate bustling businesses, rocky relationships, and feisty friendships. The show will star Kristen Doubt and Jax Taylor, Taylor's wife, Brittany Doughty, Taylor's wife, Brittany Cartwright, and Doughty's significant other, Luke Broderick, as well as Danny and Nia Bucco, Jesse and Michelle Lawley, and Jason and Janet Caperna, and Jasmine Good and Zach Wickham also make some appearances. The Valley has uh, its premiere set on Bravo Tuesday, March 19th, <sighs> 9 p.m. Are you going to be watching that? Of course. Kristen is one of my favorite Vanderpump characters, and so is Jax. <laughs> I have to. I have to watch it. I've been so curious about how they are doing in parenthood. And, um, you know, unfortunately, some events happened where the original cast got (laughs) taken down by a racism scandal. Let's move on to all those plays our beloved players are making off the field and on their devices. This is The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Golden Bachelor's April Lynn Kirkwood admitted via Instagram reels this week that her pickleball IFI on Gary's season was fake. Thank you for this controversial reveal. Jen Tran thanked all audiences and Big Polly in her Instagram swan song exit post announcing... She's going back to PA school. Jen Swan song. That's the link to it. Oh. <laughs> Daisy Kent responded via Instagram reel to a troll who commented, how can y'all listen to that vocal fry? In a direct at camp Instagram reel, the Christmas tree farm limber foot enthusiast discusses how due to her cochlear implant, she can't always hear what she sounds like and how she and how comments like this hurt her confidence. What did this reel get? If you're guessing over a million views, you'd be right. 1.4 million. Damn. Speaking of something over a million views, Rose Math accounting player Rachel Nance made a hilarious TikTok of herself under the Chiron quote, when your coworkers find out who The Bachelor is and don't know you were on the show to the audio of the way I would flock him is not even funny. 156K likes. 1.7 million views. So they're not getting the followers of uh, the top two, but these views are out of control. We did not see this last season. I will say this. I've been seeing a lot of articles popping up about the death of TikTok. (laughs) That it's starting to decline now. where Where are the teens going? I don't know. Directly after her botched Make Me Stay aired on Monday, parasocial superstar Maria Gorgas 
posted a TikTok dressed in a cowgirl top with the caption, if self-sabotage was a person, hashtag The Bachelor, to the audio, all that work and what did it get me? 3.8 million views on TikTok is what it got her and 438K likes. I mean, that's as many people as watched the episode of The Bachelor. Unreal. That's unreal. All these are strong plays. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to a joint play by Blake Baylock High Horseman and Giannina Jabelli. We love Level 4, a powerful crossover event, so well written and well executed, combining both your parasocial prowesses and the audience of both shows currently airing. In this video, the pair go back and forth saying, what do you mean? As if they were on the other show. And Giannina's like, wait, so we have to do fantasy suites before we get engaged? And then he's like, wait, the date is not in the Maldives? What's the budget on this thing? It's very funny. (laughs) That's great. Um, Congratulations to this power couple. We also have another power couple to mention. Of course, we're talking about creatures. And the power couple is Nate Olakoya and his dog, Percy. Nate dedicated a 10-slide main grid post to Percy, who turned three over the weekend. Highly recommend going to see this. It, of course, was our parasocial creature of the week. Now, we do it once again, as we do each week, descending into the bottom of the pit to issue forth our screams about how our continued engagement with not just The Bachelor, but now Love is Blind, Traders, uh, Vanderpump, all manner of reality TV programs, basically, have influenced our lives, taken over who we are, become our identities. This is... Screams from the Pit! So, my scream has a wedding theme. This weekend, I went to the wedding of one of the original Gore members, Erica, my friend who used to watch The Bachelor with us while she was studying for med school. And she had her wedding reception this weekend and i was congrats erica in a little group discussion with some of the bridesmaids and their husbands one of them i hadn't met before and i was talking to him and he was like what do you do for a job and i said you know i have a i have a podcast about the bachelor and do you know what this man said to me what is the bachelor Hmm. what is the bachelor is what he said And I shit myself on that dance floor metaphorically because I literally didn't know what to say. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Are you joking? The TV show? Uh Uh-uh, nothing. (laughs) What? I I know. I'm stunned. This is also my scream. My scream is that you told me the story. What? I know. I, it was a, sometimes things happen to me where I'm like, this is my scream. What does he do? What did he do for a job? Did you get into that conversation? I want to say it was like business finance right i don't know okay government and he doesn't know who jason tardic is come on (laughs) well i didn't ask that come on (laughs) you might be like oh my number one pod guy i mean that's extremely rare does he watch tv at all did you get into that conversation with him well that was my follow-up question i was like oh like what are your favorite shows and then everyone was like Oh, you're saying he like doesn't watch TV if he doesn't know what it was. And I was like, I wasn't trying to make fun of him, but I was just so shocked. I didn't even know. I couldn't form sentences. To not know what The Bachelor is, I don't care if you've never seen it. It's been parodied a million times on Saturday Night Live. It's part of American culture. It's like saying, I don't know what football is. I talked about it all throughout my wedding speech. I don't know what he thought I was talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's not your scream. Your scream is that you met a man who didn't know what the bachelor was, not that you gave your best friend a wedding speech that was nothing but bachelor. That's not the scream. It wasn't nothing but bachelor, but it was a through line. <laughs> Damn. That's that's an interesting time. Um, I can't believe that. They're, they're, I just can't believe it. I can't believe this guy didn't know what it was. Yeah. I. It, it was a... Sc- it was one of those rare screams where I know right as it's happening that it's my scream. Does this guy have social media? Did you go into that? I'll report back. I'll find out some more information. Good luck to that poor soul who's roaming this world not knowing what The Bachelor is. I mean, I was like, I am jealous of you, sir. I pity him. Shit, I ain't. I pity him. What, what a horribly boring life that must be. I don't know. Maybe it's blissful. I don't think so. Because I'm experiencing bliss right now. Let me tell you about the last time I experienced true bliss. It's my scream. I was in uh, a location called the gymnasium, um, specifically Los Angeles Fitness, a very prestigious, very upscale gymnasium. Okay, you're saying your assassination coordinates again. I said LA Fitness. There's a hundred of them in Los Angeles. Good luck finding the one I work out at and good luck getting um, through the door of that one the one that I work at out of because it's a <laughs> portal to hell for sure. Okay. I kind of purposely like, I like to work out at a place that's kind of like not a welcoming environment. I like there to be some kind of like, there's huh? a psychological workout that has to take place as well. You know, like I got to gear up. I got to go in here. I got to survive this. I like that to be part of it. I like hostile workouts. So I'm in there and I'm doing my workout. I'm getting, of course, swole. We can mm-hmm. all see that that's working mm-hmm. very well. You're like an opposite Chalamet right now. Exactly. I could be fucking Paul Atreides. I am the Kwisatz Haderach. Give me the glass. This is my scream. That was like more like Bane. That's like how Batman did it, I guess. Are you using those 30 pound dumbbells? (laughs) Okay, so. (laughs) Excuse me. Can I get on this treadmill? Fear is the mind killer. Do a heavier weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Excuse me. Why is the sauna closed? Oh, somebody took a shit in it. I understand. <laughs> Assassination coordinates again. There's shits in the sauna. Okay, so that that's only happened like three times at my at my gym. Are you serious? As I said, there's a psychological component to my workouts. Um, so I'm in here. I'm I'm doing my little workout, and I am in the free weight area of this gymnasium, and I overhear two guys talking. They one of them says to the other one, "Dude, this season is great." And he goes, really? I haven't watched it in a long time. And they start talking about Bachelor season 28. Now that's a real guy. Two guys, (laughs) two bros. I mean, I was blown away. I've heard exactly zero conversations about The Bachelor in this gymnasium ever, especially coming from two gym bros. And it really just hammered home to me that this season is special. It is going uh, far beyond the normal fourth audience. It's dragging people into it that may not normally watch it or haven't watched it in a long time. And it it took uh, every ounce of self-control I had to not go up to them and be like, do you know why this season's so good? (laughs) But you had the self-control. That's good. Uh, I did did not engage them in any way. Well, because when I'm in a workout, I get, you know, I'm zoned in. Focused on your suffering. Yes. I can't have distractions. Focused on my pump. Now, we have one more scream to get to, of course. Today's scream comes to us from a user named K. Engen. And if anybody out there 
wants to submit their scream, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses, join our discord, go into the screams channel and upload a one minute or shorter audio clip of your scream. And we play the best ones here. Again, this one comes to us from Kay Engen. Let's take a listen. Hey, Pitt. I have been listening for two years now, doing laundry, doing dishes in the car. I'm 39 years old. I have two children. And I thought I was listening alone. But just yesterday, I walked into the kitchen and I heard this. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. That is my 11-year-old daughter. (laughs) Sorry. That is my 11-year-old daughter. Who lives in a world where Jorge Moreno is fact, not fiction. This is so cute. So sweet. I mean, it's a multi-generational scream. Uh, Kay Engen, we cannot thank you enough for dragging your children into the pit. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely fantastic. I love the little detail of exactly how the stinger goes. Jorge, Jorge. (laughs) Yeah, Jorge, Jorge, Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. This really made me feel better. I would say this makes up for my week. Yeah. You know, the longer two that we go on, like, I, here's what I'm happy about, about this. This is, I mean, I love it, obviously. But the thing that really shines through to me is uh-huh. this is an 11 year old person saying the words Jorge Moreno. He mm-hmm. has not been on Paradise for three or four seasons, at least. He will be someone who is forgotten to the history books. I don't think we'll ever see him on Paradise again. But to us, he's the one who started it all. There is no Wells Adams without a Jorge Moreno. And to hear that his name now lives on, it really is like um, if you look in baseball or football or, or any sport, really, there are these awards in those sports that are given out every year to like the top player in this. For example, there's Heisman. Uh, the Heisman is one of them. Uh, Cy Young Award in baseball is the best pitcher in each league. That's named after a pitcher back in the, the 20s, 30s, 40s. And I love hearing this because this is like the thing that we always talk about is the legacy of the game to remember the history of it because the history is only getting longer. Mm-hmm. It's only getting bigger and to remember the standout things. And so to know that Jorge Moreno has made it through to the next generation is absolutely beautiful. A gift from the pit. Thank you for this high level, lovely scream. It's so lovely. I was not expecting the the young, young voice in there at all. So cute. And yeah. I agree with you. It reminds me of legacy and it reminds me that in you know, history is written by people who are writing history. And in a way, we are writing history <laughs> with our podcast. <laughs> That's a great, great saying. History is written by the people writing history. <laughs> well, I mean, it's something you might not think when you're, you know, sure. a young person reading about uh, 1776, et cetera. Um, so, sure. yeah. Well. The Bachelor is, is history where... Time is a flat circle. So they say, you're asking the wrong questions. <laughs> I, can, I was just going to say that, myself. but I held it back. I held it back. I held it back. I was literally just going to say if that. If you get around to watching um, Clue's Corner of the most recent episode of Love is Blind season six, which I believe is 10. I haven't done episode 11 yet, or I don't know. I have one more episode still to watch, but whatever the one I, is that I did last night, uh, keep your true detective hat on when you watch it. 
I think you'll enjoy it. You think I'm going to like it? Okay. <laughs> Look, my true detective hat is on forever now. Sorry. Same. <laughs> Asking the wrong questions is on forever. Um, but now I'm going to ask uh, the right question. After I say to everyone, thank you for joining us. We will have out a Digging Deeper on Monday. We hope you'll join us for that as well. But now let me ask mm-hmm. this perfectly correct question. Pace Case, what is that dwell bat? It's been 8,012 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind Fiber Skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, 
you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 